Hello, language and culture lovers. This is Jules, your host of the All Things I Swim podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, which is the third and final part of the interview that I did with Dora Björt Gudjonsdotter, Iceland's youngest president of the Reykjavik City Council. If you haven't listened to part one and part two yet, I, of course, highly recommend that you do, just to give some context around some of the things that she mentions in this episode, as well as just learning some fascinating information about Iceland. Dora shines a spotlight on the political scandals, deep-seated beliefs, and opportunities for positive change in Iceland during those parts of the interview. I have linked to them in the show notes on my website, from familiar.com. During this episode, Dora shares why she became a member of the Pirate Party, her views on information freedom, the responsibility of politicians to make positive change in Iceland, her personal political initiatives that she would like to see implemented in Iceland, and her favorite Icelandic phrase. Before the interview starts, I have to include a disclaimer. At the very end of this episode, Dora uses curse words for her favorite Icelandic phrase. Cursing is not a normal part of this podcast, but her phrase ties in perfectly with the reaction to the financial meltdown in Iceland. So, I feel it is appropriate to include it. If you are listening with children, or if you prefer to not hear cursing, when I ask Dora what her favorite Icelandic phrase is, word or phrase is, feel free to stop there. I hope you enjoy listening to the third and final part of this interview. I release a new podcast episode every week, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss new episodes. If you want to connect with me or Dora on social media, I've included links to our social media platforms on my website from forumtofamiliar.com. After the interview, If the platform you're listening to this podcast on allows you to leave a review, please do so if you haven't already. You have mentioned the Pirate Party Mm -hmm. a couple of times and some of the values there. I'm curious what attracted you to the Pirate Party. I think I already know, but it would be good to just kind of (laughs) go over what else we haven't discussed. Yeah. I, well, it was the only party that was really understanding the scope of the systematic change we need to make it was like a party that had a whole yeah, like a wholesome value set that i identified with like democracy so we see like or i like to explain like we have this value set of democracy being like a tree mm-hmm. so you have these branches of democracy which is like you know freedom of expression freedom of the press you know um transparency anti-corruption measures you know, all of these civil rights, basically. And it all comes together to this, like, idea of uh, democracy. And you know, to me, like, there's no democracy without equality, right. without everyone having the same possibilities you know, of accessing society, you know, ser- services, but also just, like, you know, quality of life and right. possibilities of, you know, being your own person um, and following your dreams and all of these things. Yeah. So, and that was basically, like, I was 
just obsessed with democracy and it was just one party was talking about democracy interesting okay and it was the party party and they yeah. had like it's not just like democracy it's just like there's this whole idea of like where we need to go right it's like very just progressive about like seeing the possibilities out there and you know you need to know you need to have a picture to be able to paint it right you need to have a, an idea of uh, of what you want, you know, you have to picture it in your head yeah. before you can get it out there, basically. And I feel that people in the Pirate Party, like, have that somehow. Yeah. And also just identified very much, like, with the fact that so many people had lived abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had the same experiences and and, and perspectives. Uh, but basically it was about democracy. I was just, like, this democratic nerd. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we need to change the school system. And we need to, like, strengthen the media and press and like right. uh, and there the came and they were just like yeah you know <laughs> so I was like I'm not the weird anymore yeah <laughs> you're not alone <laughs> yeah. and they're Icelandic they don't even have to be Norwegian this is <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was <laughs> because I came here and everyone was like I don't understand you mm, <laughs> and I was interesting like, and I met them and yeah like, found yeah. piece of home yeah I think it's fascinating that I know before I moved, I'm not being able to speak the language, and I'm still working on that, of course. Mm-hmm. But the Pirate Party, the only time I ever heard about the Pirate Party in media was like these kind of huge stories, like Edward Snowden, Julian Assange, you know, and like mm-hmm. not necessarily democracy in terms of what you're saying here mm-hmm. in Iceland. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of fascinating to learn more about the Pirate Party mm-hmm. and what it represents here, and it's not so much about like just big media stories in essence mm-hmm. right because you think of pirate party you're just like how can this be that it's yeah. related to democracy right yeah, <laughs> like just the yeah, name yeah. itself and i guess yeah. in a way it was meant to like capture people's attention exactly. yeah because there's been so much focus on you know the internet and that is like a part of it like internet freedom right is a part of democracy it's about in- information freedom which is like one of the inner you know, it's just other more of these branches right. basically because like when we're talking about technology and internet and using the possibilities we have today with the new you know ways of doing things and accessing information online and everything you know that's a part of it basically right. like we need to take these possibilities and and you know use them for something good but i also think uh, what is like the political dimension is that politicians need to enable these structures of being a part of the political system mm. you know like we know make democratic tools online you know have discussion forums like listen to what people are expressing out there yeah. you know they need to be a part of this uh, change because this democratic revolution is also very connected to technology social yeah, media absolutely you know individuals are being empowered online uh, certain like suddenly you like have a voice like you didn't have before right um, it has its pros and cons because, of course, it also you have an internet revolution and and nothing changes. Right. You know, it's like yeah. you have these hashtags and like it's so cool, it's so great, and you feel so empowered and you feel like there's so much happening. But you know, the problem is that then you're gonna you know lean back and relax. Uh, so there's pros and cons, but I think it's in the end up to politicians to like take these new possibilities we have in technology, internet, mm-hmm. and everything. And use that for something good. Yeah. Like absolutely. democracy. Like, that is it's just a part of democracy. And we see actually problems with freedom online and the, the internet freedom in the States now. Like, mm-hmm. recent developments have been super scary when yes. it comes to that. 
like now it's not uh, it's not forbidden anymore to like sell different internet channels to different providers like mm-hmm. like you know it's gonna in the end it might lead to uh, the fact that if you're gonna go into a website with somebody like a huge company that has a lot of money it's gonna be easier than going on a web page with some really niche right company. exactly you know like which these... which shut out a lot of independent media yeah exactly yeah. it's gonna be the problem is gonna be for these kind of small media so so that's basically gonna you know strengthen the voice of the rich right and that's very scary and very yeah. anti-democratic yeah. so not that's as if why... they need it anyway i mean right? no, they have they have their voice out there right, right? Yeah. but when you're actually like because you know how it is like back in the day you sat and you were waiting for for this web page to upload right it's like oh it's so exhausting dial up, dial up yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> oh AOL I <laughs> love it so you know and when that's happening you're gonna get bored and you're gonna go to the next page right. you know that works that's extremely scary yeah you know it's wrong it's, it's just like, completely wrong in terms of when you think of any individual or any entity that is small yes. they're always gonna be at a disadvantage there's really no way to win in that system without having loads of money at your disposal and like the US yeah. and I guess in Iceland too there's a small percentage of people who own a lot and do a lot yeah. they're the ones who are always going to win out because they're yeah. after greed right yeah. so yeah and it's... then you know it's the big media and they were owned by the rich people so right. they're not going to be so critical towards the rich people right. they they uh, you know the rich people are friends with the politicians so they're not going to criticize the politicians so in the end it's going to limit your access to information right so you're just going to get the information that the rich people and the, you know, corrupt politicians yep. want to give you. Yep. And that's the end of this tunnel, you know. That's a huge democratic problem. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why this, you know, we're all, uh, people are saying, you, don't, you just care about internet and technology. Like, <laughs> this is why. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. The internet has helped to make the world smaller. Yeah. Sometimes Connecting in ways people. that it's just like... Oh my gosh, stop being a troll. But also in super problems. beautiful ways yeah. that have connected people who would never have the chance, who may never meet each other in person, yeah. but still are able to collaborate, yeah. even if they live in you know far off places in the world or very far apart. Definitely. It makes us more liberal, more like open towards different cultures yeah. because you get to know different cultures, learn more languages, exactly. more possibilities. Like, you can go and watch, uh, you know... Chinese movie online, yeah. you know, learn learn different languages and stuff. So like, we are very you know isolated here. I think that's why we're so authoritarian. Mm. But like, we're learning more about you know, you know. I think I think we're moving towards a more liberal uh, direction, and that's just because we're more connected to the world, right? You know, so basically this is like a really positive wave, right? Uh, connecting people and everything. Of course, there's problems, and that's something we need to deal with. We can't like act like everything's perfect because it mm. certainly it's not there's right. huge issues as well but like it's just that's what we were talking about like we need to deal with these issues we can't just act that like they're not there right because some politicians is like act like internet doesn't exist yeah. you know? <laughs> which is weird because i'm yeah. sure they benefit from it yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like and that's why there's a lot of laws that needs to be made you know around these kind of things you know yeah. so so like that's why that's that's our political angle, you know, like that we need to actually deal with these structures, we need to make laws around it, we need to make a framework, and we need to 
use it yeah. and make the channels for it to, you know, be, you know, we can empower citizens, we can make them be a part of this decision making. You don't have to today trust in, in politicians and just like let them do the job, all the job, you can right. be a part of it. But then the politicians need to make, you know, make the change, right. make the structures around these possibilities. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any political initiatives or policies that you would personally like to see implemented in Iceland? You have your party, of course, that mm -hmm. you're part of, and it sounds like they very much align yeah. <laughs> with your feelings about things. So I'm just yeah. curious about on a personal level. Yeah, it's it's actually like hard because like there's a lot of stuff. It's hard to like choose. You can choose many if you like. <laughs> <laughs> choose a certain thing. I am. Um, personally would want to um, make a system around the independent independent press like okay. you know to support them more like a financial system so that they can survive because they're always struggling yeah. and you know they're always being undermined and you know it looks really badly and I just like these new independent uh, you know uh, newspapers they really gave me hope mm. that we're moving to a really good democratic direction but they're just like, it's super difficult. So one thing I would really love to change was to actually make a financial system around them, like they have in Norway, for example. Okay. Similar to it, just any system, just something, because they're just struggling like hell. I'd also like, just a lot of things about like freedom of, we need, we need to like, like there's a lot of soft things, you know, I, I would want to make freedom of opinion real, like a lot of, because people think we have freedom of opinion, but we don't, you know, to my... Uh, people are discriminated against because of their beliefs and mm. because of their political stance and stuff. Whereas, like, in Norway, it's very much like, no, 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 like, you can't, you know, you, you know, they're so aware of that you can't do that. But right. Whereas people are, like, so discriminated against here in so many different ways, also, like, based on age and based mm. on, you know, it's like we don't have a good human rights protection here basically okay. civil rights human rights protection like people are violated against very easily it's really difficult to like do something and uh, we have an issue with like we have this very monistic no this dualistic system so that it's not enough to be like a part of a human rights convention you actually need to implement it into Icelandic law for it to oh, wow. count in Icelandic courts really yeah okay. And that's like that's not really in line with like international law, of course. Yeah. So it's like, so it's actually it varies who you ask about this. So like that's also a huge problem that like it's a bit scary how this whole system and you sometimes you can't really know your rights, you yeah. know. So that's um yeah like the rule of law, you know. Okay. You, people need to be same under the law. You need to know which rights you have. Right. And you need to be able to, you know, this whole system needs to be more transparent. So I think, like, there's a lot of tidying up to do when it comes to these things. Yeah. And I think this dualistic system is not really helping us. Okay. Because it's so difficult to pursue these things. And, you know, you see that, I think we, yeah, basically, I am, I really, I really care about, like, independent media, like journalism, uh, journalists they are taken to court all the time based on like ridiculous things yeah. 
uh, and it's a way of manipulating them and trying to shut them down because they're small. Right. You know, most of like it's always the small independent ones that are taken to the court. Yeah. They can't really afford it. Right. And while they're using all their strengths of trying to survive through these court cases, they're not criticizing anymore. Right. You know. They don't have and the I time, think, or even probably emotional capacity to like sit down no, and write exactly. something. They don't have the people. They don't yeah. have the money. They don't have anything. And so, we really, really, and this is really urgent, need to change the laws around these structures so that they have more protection. Right. Because they are just standing out there and just, you know, they can be attacked by anyone really oh, easily. Okay. And, you know, and some people, you know, have the money and the possibility of taking them. Then, and, 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 you know, sometimes they're judged and, or like, uh, sometimes it works and then they take it to the International Court like of Human Rights, uh, the, the, the um, European one. And then it's just against the other people. So like we we see a lot of cases of journalists uh, taking cases to the European Court of Human Rights and and winning there. Okay. But it takes a lot of effort right. to do that. So it's like yeah, they need more protection and more support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's urgent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that's one thing. And then it's like you know, the school and. And um, I don't know yeah. <laughs> all the things. Like there's a list of things that you have. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like something that feels so feels so bad because it's quite recent. It was just this autumn that this newspaper was uh, telling a story about our financial minister. That's our financial yeah. minister today, and he was the prime minister at the time. Right. And they they were just shut down, you know, just very arbitrarily. Wow. There was this man, the Sisle mother, and he's just this um, man working basically for the police or in in connection with the police, and he could just like rule that they were not allowed to publish what they had on him, what? just kind of randomly, and you know that's still not allowed to publish that, although it was just against. The fact that you know, like, yeah, no, there's so many illegal uncertainties around these things, it's yeah. so you know, messy. And yeah, like this newspaper, they were just like they experienced that that they weren't allowed to publish something. And uh, I, a lot of um, journalists, organizations around them are around the world, and especially in Nordic countries, that yeah. think were somewhat like them. They got very shocked by this, yeah. so they. Um, I, w- I was actually in Norway, uh, visiting uh, some people, and, and I was asked to go to the radio. They're talking about this because they're just like, yeah. "Oh, <laughs> my lord!" It was the, what the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you keep up the energy to keep fighting, knowing that it's like an uphill battle with almost all like almost all the issues that you really hold close to your heart. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I um, well, it feels meaningful to at least be doing something about it. You know, right. before I was very angry and very frustrated by this, uh, and I was not politically active, so I wasn't really doing it act- okay. actively. So that was a very destructive force. Right. I think that was not helping me. So now I'm at least doing something. Right. It might be small, very small steps, uh, but still, it feels better. Mm-hmm. I see that our message is getting out there, right. you know, awesome. people are starting to understand this, like, 
words like transparency and democracy and you know professionalism professional work ethics is just new in Icelandic mm. politics but it came when we started talking about it yeah. mostly so I do feel that we are affecting the society and we are changing it in a soft way you yeah. know just by being there okay. and by talking about it by keeping the pressure on and of course here in the city council where in majority we're actually like changing a lot of things and yeah. we have a lot of possibilities of just like doing all the stuff we want to do right so it feels good to know that we are on track somehow yeah awesome yeah that gives you yes, energy <laughs> absolutely yeah i'm glad to hear it because we, we need people like you <laughs> <laughs> for the last question uh-huh. which i know is your favorite <laughs> yes <laughs> is what is your favorite icelandic word or phrase Okay, so it's not very Icelandic mm-hmm. because it has uh, two slang words. <laughs> Sorry about that. Very brutal words. Uh, keep your ears out, children. Yeah. Um, so Disclaimer, it's, right? To yeah, the parents, yeah, yeah, they shouldn't yeah, listen to this yeah, part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a phrase that's very connected to the financial crisis because during the financial crisis, people were just so exhausted and just so amazed by how bad things got yeah and how you know fucked up everything was in our politics yeah. and our political our society was just like in a shock instead yeah. of shock yeah, you you uh, got this phrase that's helvit is fucking fuck <laughs> which basically mean helvit actually means hell okay you might translate helvit is fucking fuck to like freaking fucking fuck or yeah. But helvete means hell, so it's a very brutal term. Yeah. It was just like, you know, it was a way of getting your really bad energy out and just being like, this is a helvete fucking fuck, <laughs> you know? So you just like got all your bad words out there and just like put them together and you're just like, this is what it is. Yeah. It's this bad, you know? <laughs> and it was like, it was kind of a relief to find the term that like expressed that emotion. Yeah. So and, yeah. is, and is that a term in Icelandic that people have used before just for other things? Well, I I never heard it before the financial crisis. Okay. It was like <laughs> new then. Like these words being used together, or at least so much, maybe like, these words obviously existed, but like, this being put together is like so describing of like the feeling people had then. So And then it became like a big uh, phrase and it was like being used on protest signs and you know, and then they... Slowly started to make like t-shirts with that phrase, <laughs> and it's just like this is what it I want is. One of these like, t-shirts, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, really cool. yeah it's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's so. what I feel about the U.S. I should wear it in the U.S. No one knows about like what yeah, it's yeah. say, but I'm like, this is how I feel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like <laughs> this fucking book. Yeah. yeah, no, it feels good to say. It, like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really appreciate this conversation. I learned a ton, and I think it's also just really fascinating to get some insight from the inside, from government and how things are functioning as well as your views from a person who is so passionate about it and comes from a different viewpoint than many of the politicians that have been in Icelandic society for quite a long time. So I do appreciate that. I know you're crazy busy with life and duties and all this other jazz. So I know the audience as well appreciates you coming on. So thank you for taking the time, Dora. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely.